Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. There's no better feeling than a personal win, and the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. The NBA playoffs are here, and we all know playoff mode is a thing. Listen to the evidence. Playoff crowds are going wild. Playoff players are lighting up the court. Even your speakers are in playoff mode. Okay, we'll take it down a notch, but just a notch. Because this is the Turn It Up to 11 NBA Playoffs. Playoff mode is clearly a thing. The NBA Playoffs presented by Google Pixel continue on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Bike Radar Podcast, brought to you by the team behind BikeRadar.com, Cycling Plus, and MBUK magazines. If you enjoy this episode, please subscribe. And if you can do so, leave us a rating on your podcast provider of choice. It really helps us reach other cyclists like you. Hello and welcome to the Bike Radar Podcast. I'm Jack Luke, and today I'm joined by good friends and wonderful colleagues, Jack Evans and Simon Von Bromley. And today we're going to be talking you through two new key launches in the road bike world. The first, we're going to talk through the new Canyon Endurance, which young Jack Evans has just finished a review of, and you can read that on bikeradar.com or link in the podcast description. And then we're going to go to the Tarmac SL8 Specialized new top-end race bike, which launched a few weeks ago. And we've got an interview with someone from Specialized from Ash Quinlan. Before we get stuck in though, Jack Evans, how's your week been? And how have you enjoyed testing a new tasty bike? Yeah, the Endura, Endura CFR Axis build was the one I was testing, which is um, SRAM Red ETAP Axis. Absolutely flawless bike, incredible spec. Um, very light and fast for an endurance road bike, and I had a lot of fun testing it. Uh, put it put it through its paces on some on the the heralded West Midlands roads <laughs> uh, through Worcestershire and Warwickshire, as well as some more glamorous um, hill climbs in the North Wales mountains. And um, yeah, I, I won't spoil it for you by give, uh, telling the score now, but um, it does score very highly, and um, it's it's it's. I don't think it's far off um, Canyon's claim of being one of the fastest endurance uh, road bikes. I can't. Yeah. Obviously, you can't ride them all, but um, none, other, none others really spring to mind that, that might be better. Wonderful. We'll come back to the injuries in a moment, but first I'd like to hear about what expensive, tasty bikes Simon's been testing recently. Anything quite 
as fancy as Jackson Juris, or have you been slumming it with 105? Well, no, I, I actually, well, I can't remember the last time I tested a bike. Obviously, last, you know, the last kind of stuff that I've been doing, been focusing on writing about fancy bikes at the Tour de France rather than riding them, unfortunately. But I did have the great pleasure of setting up another, you know, 300 plus pound pair of <laughs> road cycling shoes recently. So I'll be riding those soon along with a top of the range helmet. So I'm testing the new Bont Vapor 2023s and the new Trek Ballista uh aero road bike helmet so yeah some you know typical simon von bromley products there i think i i heard on the grapevine jack that you are back in the bike testing game please could you confirm or deny i can confirm i am uh back in the bike testing game temporarily and of course ensuring our audience think we're as completely out of touch as possible riding a nine thousand pound hardtail but there we go more on that soon (laughs) (laughs) look forward to that review yes uh right anyway on to the endurance jack evans what are the key things we need to know about Canyon's new Endurace? So the new Endurace is the um, CF SLX and CFR models. Um, they have identical um, frame shape, but the CFR uses Canyon's highest grade um, carbon. Um, Canyon factory uh, racing stands for CFR. And you see that type of carbon, which is is very light indeed, on the top spec aeroad and ultimate models. But the... Um, Endurance AL we've reviewed and that came out in 2022. There's some um, some similarities um, between the updates. So tire clearance on the um, on both new Endurances goes up to 35 mil. Um, there's top top tube storage, but in a slightly different way. Um, there's a hatch on the um, Endurance CFR and CF SLX, which you can pop open. Inside there's a near neoprene sleeve holding a three-in-one multi-tool, some um, Allen bits, a um, and a gas canister. So in theory, that's all all you should need to uh, change a tubeless puncture. Simon, you um, just to sort of paint a picture for the, uh, <laughs> the listeners, you uh, described it, I thought, quite well earlier. What did you think it looked like? Well, I thought it looked like the, the battery compartment on a Game Boy, if I'm being <laughs> honest. <laughs> it's got that kind of like little finger hatch right yeah. in the front. It looks like you're going to open it up and shove in a couple of triple A's. Right, no spoilers. We'll come back to that. <laughs> I just wanted people to understand what it kind of looked like in your mind, Simon. <laughs> what else, Jack? The um, the new Endurace, the the two top models, um, it has um, Canyon's leaf sprung uh, seat post, uh, which is designed to flex by about twenty mil to increase uh, rear end compliance. Um, there's been some aero changes too. Um, so although uh, at a glance the profile looks quite a lot like the Ultimate um, C- uh, CF SLX and CFR, uh, with the um, sort of standard rear triangle um, seat stays meeting the uh, top tube um, junction. The um, towards the bottom of the down tube, it curves, um, tapering um, thinly to the bottom, and that's a, that's an aero feature more similar to the aeroad. And um, Canon also says that um, changes like a slimmer fork and a slimmer head tube save you seven watts at forty-five kilometers an hour. Pretty pacey for an endurance which, bike, which I achieved downhill, obviously, <laughs> <laughs> when you weren't pedaling. Yeah. <laughs> It's also got some really, really nice wheels on the model I tested. It has a DT Swiss um, ERC um, 11100, which are uh, 45 mil deep, um, very fast, but also quite stable wheels, uh, very comfortable with uh, Schwalbe Pro 1 tubeless tyres in a mismatch size, 32 mil at the back and 30 at the front. Um, I thought um, I would have liked a 32 mil just to increase the uh, compliance of the front end a little bit, but Canyon says this um, contributes to the aerodynamic saving by having a thinner front tyre. All right. Some top tips there. You've already given us a bit of a taster on what you thought of it, and by all accounts, it is a very, very... Uh, 
comfy and fast bike. But we'll, we'll, we'll direct listeners to the full review because it's a very entertaining read as always from Jack. I'd like to grill you now, Simon, on what you think of this bike. And I have a number of questions. First one, not look, you're not allowed to look. Do you know what VCLS stands for with Canyon Seatpost? Uh, vibration, cancelling... No, I don't. No, you I'm don't. Just, I'm making it up. I oh, I thought you would have known. I love this. We've been doing a lot of kind of stupid pop quizzes recently. <laughs> work. I'm really loving it. Simon, it stands for vertically compliant, laterally safe seat post. Okay, vertically compliant. Okay, good, so eh? it's a real marketing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Next question. This bike has seat stays which meet the um, top of the seat tube. Very unusual, actually, these days, particularly for an endurance bike. Do you have any hot opinions on that? You're not a man who's too fussy about a traditional double triangle frame, but is is unusual and despite that, very comfortable according to Jack. Yeah, I don't. I you know I think um, yeah in t- in terms of kind of compliance and things like that, I think you're getting most of your compliance from the tires ultimately, mm-hmm. uh, and so you know drop seat stays. You know you'd have to ride an identical bike with non dropped seat stays and drop seat stays back to back wouldn't you mm. in order to be able to tell if there's any difference you know i think there's a kind of there may be us us you know potentially be a small difference and, and you know we also know that certain brands kind of do it for aerodynamic reasons as well and i think it's kind of like you know it's just kind of one of those things that it kind of it it tends to look quite nice it makes mm-hmm. the bike look modern you know if it brings a small aero benefit and a small comfort benefit it's just something that you know Brands can sell us ultimately, and I don't necessarily mean that in a kind of excessively cynical way. You know, many gains are, as you know, the kind of nature of uh, iteration, relatively small. You know, we talk about the kind mm-hmm. of the more the, the kind of aerodynamic features of the fork up front, for example. It's only a, a kind of small change. It doesn't necessarily mean that just because something is small, it's not worth having. But um, but yeah, I you know I don't I, I, clearly Canyon have decided to stick with this traditional look, presumably for stylistic reasons. Interesting. Jack, what do you think on that? Is there anything, you know, you've ridden, uh, you are a grail, you have your own personal grail. How does this kind of compare in terms of comfort? And actually, good question. I asked you this prior to reviewing uh, the bike. What did you think of the seat post? Do you think there's anything in it? Yeah, I really like the seat post. And um, on my um, Canyon Grail, particularly with um, wide tyres, you can go up, I've gone up to... uh, uh, 40c uh, tubeless tyres um, and yeah it's very very comfortable um, and particularly yes more more relaxed uh, geometry too does help on a gravel bike but I think because it's the um, it's the Grail AL uh, which does, doesn't use um, this um, v- VCLS seat post I would think that would be a really nice upgrade to have um, because I did really really enjoy it um, there's a couple of you have, do have to get used to it because you can feel it flexing mm. um, when you're actually climbing as well. You have to be pushing quite hard in, seated. Which you um, always are, of course. <laughs> as, the per, as a top 100 in the UK hill climber, I hear. It's official. It's official. It's you official. Can, That's t- a, top fa- 100, that is a fact. Top 100 in the hill climb nationals in 2022. He's blushing. <laughs> I, I, I am indeed. Uh, my, ear, my ears are burning too. But um, no, that, that is true. Um, and uh, maybe we'll get onto the gearing of the endurance later. But um, yeah, the, um, the I really, yeah, I really like the seat post. I think that would, that would, um, that, that would be really good to have on the Grail. Um, yeah. I mean, so one like question I had about it, and obviously it looks like it's kind of got a bit of layback. And, and <clears> I think, mean, no, you know, Jack, you're kind of similar to me in that you, mm. you quite like an inline seat post. Mm. Now, I would worry that it would effectively, as it flexes, slacken the seat post angle, which I would find annoying from a, from a pedaling perspective. And I wonder if you experienced anything like that. 
I'm not sure I would have. Um, I tend to um, set the saddle pretty far back um, because I have long femurs, being quite a, a lanky lad. Um, <laughs> right at the uh, right at the top of the um, sort of height range for the um, uh, for the size large um, enduro CFR. So perhaps not something I necessarily would have noticed. Um, but there's there are there is a lot of adjustability uh, f- considering it has an integrated cockpit uh, for the for the new enduro. So it's the the CP zero zero eighteen Aero cockpit, and you see that on the on the uh, latest Ultimate CFR and Aero CFR, and um, you can actually bring it in by um, forty millimeters in width. Um, so it starts off in uh, four hundred thirty millimeters, and I brought that into three three ninety, uh, which is really easy to do. Just um, unwrap the bar tape at each end, unscrew the bolts. Um, move it that there are markers um above the bar um, where you can see see the width make sure they're the same on uh, both sides <laughs> otherwise you'll have a <laughs> lopsided handlebar mm. and um yeah re retorque the bolts to the correct um to the correct force and uh yeah just rewrap it and i found that quite easy um the same goes for the um, handlebar height as well um you can uh, you can adjust that by up to 15 millimeters without taking the whole handlebar off so it's doing away with some of the complexity of integrated cockpits however you can't change the stem length without buying a whole new handlebar you still have the the issues with um you having to use canyon's own error mounts and buy those separately um and it's also quite hard to find a light at the minute that works with it that isn't canyon but i'm sure some kind of 3d printed bike bike um part companies will um come up with a solution to 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 fit something to the um to the out front mount the nba playoffs are here and we all know playoff mode is a thing listen to the evidence Playoff crowds are going wild. Playoff players are lighting up the court. Even your speakers are in playoff mode. Okay, we'll take it down a notch, but just a notch, because this is the turn it up to 11 NBA playoffs. Playoff mode is clearly a thing. The NBA playoffs presented by Google Pixel continue on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Mm, Simon, you used this cockpit when you tested the Aero. Do you have any spicy opinions, or perhaps sour cream opinions, on this <laughs> cockpit as a whole? Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, I think uh, again, like uh, I've brought my cynical hat here today. I, I think really, it's fine. It's good this, to have I, th- I think really, this handlebar is created to allow Canyon to ship bikes more easily with an integrated handlebar. Personally, because you know the way they kind of it just folds down basically for for packing it. Like it's a kind of nice feature to have, but you know, it, it is a compromise versus being able to just pick your ideal handlebar width and stem length you know which canyon doesn't offer because you know obviously as a direct sales brand that would incur you know great costs as they would have to you know spec individually each each bike up to to the kind of order and that would obviously you know increase lead times increase costs and all that stuff so I can, I can kind of see why they do it but yeah like for me i i I'm not necessarily necessarily representative of mm. the wider population, but I would not. I think buy... we can all assume that. Simon, so, mean, we've all heard yeah. you on this podcast. I before. would, yeah, I would not buy a bike with this handlebar precisely because you know I don't want to be restricted to to a, a you know a fixed stem length. Um, and the idea that you know when you know, for example, with the Canyon, 
uh, aeroed when this handlebar had a kind of recall stop ride notice because of the kind of Matthew Vanderpool uh, thing a few years ago that got worked out when he he broke a handlebar in the, in the middle of a race. And uh, you know, because this bike is only compatible with that handlebar, if you have any issues with it, it's not like you can just swap in another handlebar nice and quick. The bike is unrideable until you can get that fixed. So it's just not really my cup of tea. Of course, there are, you know, aerodynamic gains it looks very slick as jack says you know you can adjust the handlebar width and that's quite cool although i've you know think you know like most people you're just going to settle on a width and then leave it there forever mm. so i don't really think that's a great feature it's a bit of a flip chip of the road world where everyone just puts it in the lowest yeah. back setting on a mountain bike and everyone's going to set it on well obviously for you simon you're going to go as narrow as possible yeah yeah i went as narrow as possible which isn't admittedly that narrow um 39 centimeter bars are not that narrow anymore. But um, yeah, it, it, I think something, once I settled on it, I was not going to change that. I mean, I rode that for six hours um, on one ride and didn't find it uncomfortable. So if it's comfortable for six hours, it's likely going to be comfortable for longer rides, despite mm. the sort of issues with um, stability of having a yeah, super narrow handlebar. Um, another controversial um, omission from the new enduro oh, yes you're getting onto my world now <laughs> <laughs> wait for it mudguard mounts now, you might be listening to this in a very dry sunny part of the world and thinking why on earth would you need mudguards on a bike that's got a race bike spec um, to level the world tour bikes but when i was getting soaked um halfway down a welsh mountain on one of my <laughs> test rides i was thinking the reason canyon gives for not including mudguard mounts which is um, a shorter wheel pace a shorter wheelbase to speed up handling I would have I would have given away some of that handling speed to protect me from the rain and spray. So there are lots of modern carbon road bikes that incorporate mudguard mounts, either just with discrete eyelets or a um, a chain say bridge, such as the our bike of the year this year, the Vitus Fenon Evo. Um, so there are ways around it, and I think with yeah, Canyon saying, yeah, if you want an all weather bike, go for the Grail or Grizzle. That's fair enough, but those are very different bikes and nowhere near as fast as this. I, I can only agree as a mudguard evangelist, I, I really think it's a sore shame that there isn't one on there, particularly as well because the bike has clearance for up to 35 millimeter tires. Realistically, you could compromise and say, okay, we're going to keep the geometry as is, but with mudguards, you're limited to, I don't know, 28 or 30 or whatever. And that realistically, you're still going to have ample clearance on there with very little, um, yeah, like very few compromises. I always call back to the Trek Demane, which uses banjo bolts, essentially sort of thread-in, flat-faced bolts, um, which go into outward-facing holes on the frame, and you can just attach normal full-cover mudguards in that manner. And it's such a neat solution where all you can or all you need to do is unscrew those, plug them back up, and you've got just as clean-looking bike as before. To, to my view, it's it's just removing. Um, welcome functionality for very little reason but again you know we look at this through the lens of what has been a truly dreadful summer <laughs> uh, and you know many other people will choose not to ride a nine thousand pound bike in the rain for example but you know invariably this bike or this particular frame set design is going to roll down to the lower tiers and i think it'd be a sore shame if those don't feature mudguard mounts and it's also the same for even some of the aluminium Endurace models that don't have mudguard mounts either, mm. the, the ones that came out in 2022. Um, so it might be a sign of things to come from Canyon. Mm. Final question on the Endurace before we go on to the SL8. Simon, Jack mentioned earlier that the bike has mismatched tyres, quite unusual with a wider tyre on the rear and a narrower tyre on the front. Why may Canyon have gone for this option? 
Well, actually, as Jack said, it is, I, I would imagine, for aerodynamic reasons, in a sense that um, a kind of narrower front tyre gives you know, a narrower leading edge to the bike. And it's likely that those those wheels are you know, potentially not optimised for a 32C mm. wide tyre. Uh, and therefore, you know, specking a narrower front tyre just helps kind of optimise the aerodynamic performance of the front wheel. And then you can have, you know, where at, at the back of the tyre where the airflow is messier, go for a wider tyre for the kind of better comfort because, you know, that kind of outweighs the the small kind of aero penalty there. Yeah, yeah. They, they do it on the air road as well. And uh, I, I don't, I'm not sure if they do it on the ultimate. They may do. I, I, I'm not sure, I'm afraid. But um, yeah, it, see, it seems a slightly odd choice on... The endure race, and you know, obviously, you know, Jack Jack has has said it's very good and and has given it a good score, and so that is the definitive opinion, of course, of Bike Radar. But I do, <laughs> at a at a glance, I do think this bike seems slightly caught between wanting to be a race bike, you know, and talking about saving seven watts at forty five kilometers an hour, whilst also having a geometry that puts you more upright, mm. and you know, it doesn't have mudguard mounts because it's a race bike, but it is also an endurance bike with you know, fat tires and stuff like that. So I, I don't know. Like, I, You know, you mentioned in your review, Jack, and I thought this was an interesting point, that we might see it raced at something like the Gravel World. And so maybe for that kind of specific niche of that person who wants to race fast, kind of mixed terrain races, maybe this is that kind of bike. I think you're basically describing our young Jack Evans just to make him blush once again. A very fast rider who likes long rides, long bike packing rides. I mean, not to make assumptions on your part, Jack, but this to me seems like the kind of go-fast bike that would appeal to you for that kind of adventuring. Are you the target market for this bike? Yeah, if I had um, £9,000 or dollars sitting around somewhere, probably. Um, that, yeah, yeah, I, I can see it being raced really, really fast at um, a long-distance bikepacking race like the Transcontinental um, because I think it, I think it, I haven't ridden it 4,000 kilometers. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, and yet you've delivered your review. No, no, no. Back out. <laughs> I've ridden about a 10th of that on it. Um, nonetheless, I think, um, yeah, I think it would be comfortable enough to ride that kind of distance. Um, and yeah, I think having ridden it on a bit of light gravel, I don't, th- I think it's probably a better choice than something like the ultimate, um, with its slightly slower handling. However, um, the geometry is an interesting one, Simon, and um, it I couldn't really decide while writing my review if it's mixed identity, having a, a stack-to-reach ratio of 1.58 con- compared to the, to the ultimate and arrows 1.45, which basically puts you a bit more upright on the bike, um, with ind- indication of its versatility or mixed identity. I, I thought that was in the end, a positive thing. Um, but I do mention in the re- in the review that some people might want a more specialised bike, either all-out endurance or all-out race, if they're spending that amount of money. Interesting. Well, as we said at the start, the full review of the uh, Canyon Juris, written by our own Jack, is linked in the podcast description. It's a good read. It's very funny. Lots of good lines from Jack, and we always marvel at the uh, in the depth and length of his testing. Um, now we move back onto the specialised Tarmac Escalate, which was released a little bit earlier this month. Our senior road tech editor, Ash Quinlan, was on the ground at the World Championships in Glasgow, reporting on the news and giving us his first ride impressions on the new bike. You can read those on Bike Radar, and they are, of course, in the podcast description. But while he was there, Ash sat down with the specialised road product manager, Miles Hubbard, to give chat about the headline claims and the thinking behind the bike's standout features including, of course, the speed sniffer. So we go back to Ash in Glasgow now. 
So I am joined by Miles Hubbard. You, Miles, you are a specialised uh, road product manager. Um, thank okay. you, thank you for uh, for joining us. Um, it's been a successful launch. I, I want to ask you a couple of questions about the about the new Tarmac SL8, and and specifically, you know, about those improvements that you've uh, you've talked to me about now. That you know, you've gone across the whole range, the whole you know, the whole bike, and everything seems to have improved. Just uh, just recap those for us. So the key things, three key three things to remember there: faster, stiffer, and lighter than the outgoing Tarmac SL7. Right. So faster. What is it? It's 16.6 seconds faster over 40 kilometers than Tarmac SL7. That assumes a speed of 45 kilometers per hour. So as far as ride quality goes, we've gotten stiffer in all the key areas that matter. So the head tube, the bottom bracket, the rear end are all stiffer than the Tarmac SL7, something to the tune of 16%, okay. right? So mm -hmm. even though we're stiffer in all the areas that matter, We've gotten more compliant at the saddle. So rearward deflection of the saddle, if you're riding over chip and seal roads, you're hitting potholes, right? You're gonna get a little bit more compliance and rearward deflection at the saddle to the tune of 16% uh, more compliance than Tarmac SL7, right? So, so lightweight is really the last key uh, key thing for the ingredients for speed. So when we think about uh, lightweight, it's 115 grams lighter uh, than Tarmac SL7. Uh, Tarmac SL7 12R was 800 grams. Uh, 12R SL8 is 685 grams. So we shaved 115 grams of weight. Uh, that's, I think it's 15% lighter than Tarmac SL7. Yeah, I, I, I know I was struck, not necessarily by the, the total weight loss for the S-Works version, but mm -hmm. I was definitely struck by the fact that the, the second tier frame, first of the Pro and Expert models with the uh, FAC 10R carbon mm -hmm. layup, that's actually now 20 grams lighter than the old S-Works um, SL7, I believe. Yeah, 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 that's right. So uh, a, 10R, a 10R frame sets are roughly 100 grams heavier per size yeah. than their 12R counterpart, right? So 780 grams uh, for a 10R 56 centimeter frame set, which is, uh, as you said, 20 grams lighter than the old outgoing 12R SL7. So we're, uh, we're fired up about that frame set. It's a great, uh, great offering for the customer, you know, looking for... Uh, it's in our frame set and really value packed. And if someone really is interested in weight, what is the lightest color? Is it the pearlescent white one that I've been riding or is it another one? Yeah, so it's uh, the lightest colorway uh, for Tarmac SL8 will be the ready to paint okay. frame set, right? It's, it has a uh, chameleon snake eye uh, decals that are easy to remove. They're actually on top of the clear coat. Oh uh, yes, so, okay. So you can easily remove the decals and it's uh, basically ready to paint if you wanna go the custom route for, uh, for your Tarmac SL8, right? Let's get back to the technical stuff then. The SL7, the SL8, excuse me, I'm going to get myself confused now. The SL8 is is you know your all-in-one bike. It you know replaced the the SL7 replaced the Venge a while back, of course. Um, but when you're going after sort of improved aero performance, um, you know you you've said to us it's the most aerodynamic bike that you guys have made now. Correct. So it's better than the Venge was previously, whereas the SL7 sure. couldn't quite be that. Right. Um, so, you know, how, how have you gone about that? Um, and it, the, the key phrase that I'm looking for here is leading edges. Yeah, so you'll see a lot of the, the leading edge story uh, for the Tarmac SL8. And it's really, you know, that's where the airflow is the cleanest. It's where it's the most laminar, right? So it's the cockpit, the nose cone that uh, we, we've all seen. And then it's the mm. fork legs. Those are the key areas of the bike that's hitting that clean laminar air. Everything behind the cockpit, everything behind the nose cone, everything behind the 
the uh, fork legs. It's impacting your legs. It's impacting your cranks, your shoes, and you know it's gone past all those other uh, all, their, all those other areas, and it's dirty at that point. The air is turbulent, and so what we found with the Tarmac SL8 is that that turbulent, dirty air, traditional airfoils, really deep sections tubes, do not perform the same way they would in the laminar air. So that's why with Tarmac SL8, you're seeing arrow where it matters at the front of the bike with a cockpit, head tube, and fork legs. And that's why at the rear of the bike, you know, we've slimmed down the seat post, we've send down the, slimmed down the rear end of the bike to really tune those tubes for uh, not just aerodynamics, but also stiffness and also for weight and ride quality. We will, we'll probably come on to that in a little bit, mm -hmm. but let's just talk at the front of the bike first then. The, you know, the mm -hmm. thing that, that really stands out when you first clock the bike is the, uh, is the nose cone, uh, yeah. which you have euphemistic, euphemistically called the uh, speed <laughs> sniffer. The way you've changed that head tube, how is it different from the way brands tend to change uh, their head tubes to make them deeper? So moving material to the front of the bike really allowed us to hit our stiffness targets in the rear, right? We kept it round down tube and around top tube. And when you move uh, airfoil behind the head tube, you lose those round, the most efficient tube shapes that you would otherwise you know, avoid having if you had an airfoil coming down and coming backwards. But since we moved material forward, we were able to keep the most efficient tube shapes possible in the down tube and the top tube and really be able to save weight and really be able to hit our stiffness targets based on moving the, the material forward. So the speed sniffer, as we're all calling it, uh, the nose cone is uh, really a key ingredient to the SL8's aero prowess. And it's also a key ingredient to why we were able to hit uh, the weight targets and also the stiffness targets uh, that our team set out through working with our world tour athletes. So one of the things you mentioned that, it, you know, it's talking about stiffness, but mm -hmm. but it also enables you, I believe, to retain the same geometry. So the, I sure. believe as well, or at least it's one contributing mm -hmm. factor. Sure. You have retained, it, precisely the same geometry as the as the SL7 bar, I think, a slight increase in stack owing to the top cap of the, sure, for, the, sure. for, the, for the head tube? Yeah, yeah, good call out. So when you dig into the geo chart for SL7 versus SL8, uh, you'll see that there's a 10 millimeter stack difference in the two bikes. When it comes to stack and reach to stem and stack and reach to, you know, the handlebar and everything else, you're identical between SL7 and SL8. If you look at SL7, it has a slight cutout right, where the head tube and the top tube meet, and there's a taller headset uh, cover at that point, a taller headset plastic cover. Um, SL8 does not have that cutout. So that cutout difference is really the only reason you're seeing the stack difference between the two bikes. Uh, when, you, when you account for uh, stack and reach to stem, to stem base, they're identical. So geometry between Tarmac SL7 and SL8 is the same. Um, fit geometry is the same and also handling geometry is the same. So the head tube angle, seat tube angle, bottom bracket drop, uh, fork offset trail, all those key, uh, key factors that impact how a bike is going to handle are identical between Tarmac SL7 and SL8. And what drove you to keep it the same? So of course we have a, a very close relationship with our professional athletes, uh, SD works, a lot of quick step, right? And, uh, said, okay, whatever you do, don't change geometry. We know exactly how this bike feels. We know exactly how it handles. We know exactly how it reacts at race pace. Uh, and, and they did not want us to change geometry. Uh, we know riders out there are also happy with the Tarmac SL8 geometry, you know, performance road riders. Um, they like how responsive and nimble and how it performs like diving into corners um, and on, you know, aggressive group rides, really whatever. Uh, so we didn't want to mess with something that's uh, not broken. 
get the same geo. And, you know, wh- who, which pros are we talking about of having, you know, real feedback, you know, f- giving you guys feedback in, mm-hmm. into that bike? That's right. Yeah, Casper's great for that yeah. kind of stuff. He provides extremely valuable feedback that uh, our team takes uh, and, and really uses to, to steer our development process. So it's a very, very valuable relationship that we have with the teams. And it's a big reason we have those relationships with the teams and we have uh, the, the, the lengthy contracts that we have, right? So we can incorporate their feedback into our development process to the, to, to further uh, further the benefit for all riders. Everyone can benefit from uh, from that type of feedback. And if it's good enough for you know the best, most discerning riders in the world, ultimately that benefit is going to trickle down to everyone. And, and it's not just pros, of course, that are, mm-hmm. that are feeding your you know your geometry knowledge. I know it's not changed, but you haven't seen fit to change it based on a lot of retool uh, data that you guys have gathered sure. as well, right? Yeah, I mean, you can dive into stack and reach and, and, and really fit data points. But yeah, our retool fit database is extremely beneficial, especially uh, as we are fitting the uh, sizes for the new repeat cockpit. It's a lot easier or excuse me, it's a lot tougher to find the right size for a one-piece handlebar and stem. You can't just swap the stem length or swap the handlebar length widths quite as easily. And so we really leaned into the Retool Fit database when developing the new repeat cockpit, uh, which is a key part of SL8's aero prowess, circling back to that leading edge. But it's uh, with 15 sizes for the repeat cockpit, it's really riders will be able to find the size that they need, right? whether it's the stem length or handlebar width that they're looking for. And you guys, you guys encourage uh, your dealers as well to to offer certain component swaps as well, like the handlebar and stem, to sort of get that. Kind of, well, well, there's the repeat copy, yeah. of course, but you know those measurements. You can you you make it easy for I think for bike shops to be able, or, you know, as easy as you can at least for bike shops to be able to offer that swap. Yeah, that's our hope. So if you if you were to buy a Tarmac SL8 uh, bike, right? So the repeat cockpit comes uh, as a box within a box. So the the repeat cockpit is not installed. Uh, on the bike yet, it ships as a f- in the full aftermarket packaging. So if you want to swap that after your bike shows up, you know, a 56 comes with a 100 millimeter stem with a 42 centimeter bar. So if you want to mon- uh, change to narrower handlebars or a longer stem or whatever, uh, it should be relatively easy to make that happen and, and do an easy swap on the swap on the on the shop floor. So aftermarket packaging there for the repeat cockpit. Yeah, uh, well, it's obviously really important as well yeah. for many riders who need to get their fit, you know, dialed in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I recently I've been fairly sensitive to that kind of thing, so it's really important to be able to do that. So you know, mm-hmm. I know our listeners will be pleased to hear it. Mm-hmm. What they'll also be pleased to hear about as well. I'm going to finish it here. Mm-hmm. Is that actually you know the the Tarmac SL8 is coming in at slightly cheaper prices than the SL7 did uh, when that yeah. launched and, and is currently available at the RRP uh, right mm-hmm. now. Um, we won't go into specifics about the prices right now, you know, because I, c- I can't hold all that information in my brain. <laughs> I'm sure you can't as well. But, um, you know, uh, what was the reason behind that? So, you know, whether it's the S-Works model, which is our top tier, top tier offering, right? S-Works DI2 or SRAM Red ETAP uh, or the Pro model, uh, Ultegra DI2 or Force ETAP or then the, the expert model at you know, with the rival ETAP components, right? We're always trying to pack as much value as possible for the for the end user, right? So we're just uh, really trying to keep that in mind when setting prices and want to make sure that uh, as much value as possible is being passed along to, to riders at the end of the day. Miles, thank you very much for your time. Thank um, you, Ash. It's yeah. been a great launch. Wonderful stuff. Thank you very much, Ash. I, of course, wish I was back in Glasgow myself right now. Uh, now, we'll just quickly hear your thoughts. And we'll start with you, Simon. What do you think of the new SL8? As a man who longed for the Venge to be returned, now with claims of it being as fast as the Venge, would the speed sniffer sate your needs for speed? 
Yeah, I, I, I don't know whether to be kind of underwhelmed or or impressed really it's a kind of it's kind of weird one because yeah they you know specialized is saying that this is you know more aerodynamic bike than the uh, the previous s-works venge was and you know that's an that's an impressive claim because that you know the venge was a a very aerodynamic bike with aggressive tube shapes and all of, all of that malarkey uh <laughs> <laughs> and and this <laughs> sorry i've never heard you brush off aero as as malarkey Luckily, that, was, that was tremendous <laughs> And Carry this bike, on. you know, this bike is is significantly lighter, right? And it's got a kind of uh, a claimed frame weight of six hundred and eighty five grams for the S Works version in a size fifty six, which is very light. And it's kind of taken lessons learned from the kind of the the AFOS uh, on the tubes that are kind of not on the leading edge, and they've used the the, the Roval Rapide cockpit to you know, make the front end cleaner. Now, I think. As as with all of these things, I, I, I'm I'm slight. The, my skeptical hat is God, kind you of really that skeptical hat grows larger by the moment, Simon. It's unbelievable. It, it, it never comes off. It never comes <laughs> off. But, yeah. but that's a good thing because it's, good. it's, it's for good. journalists. Yeah. It, part of me is wondering if you put the Roval Rapid handlebar on the Venge, you know, which you know, because you know, the, the the ones with detailed minds amongst us will remember that the Venge had a non-integrated two-piece handlebar setup, and of course, you know, handlebars on the leaning edge tend to make a fair bit of difference. I do wonder if that might have changed the kind of the numbers somewhat, but you know, I don't know. That's that's purely speculation. But you know, beyond that, it's kind of you know, it's, it it is an evolution of the Tarmac SL, SL7. You, you know, the kind of the kind of broad silhouette is is vaguely the same. As you say, it's got the, the speed sniffer up front, which I I hate as a, as a term, but it just means they've kind of extended the head tube forward a little bit and made it you know kind of slimmer at the front end. Now, um, Pinarello have done that in the past. Uh, Cannondale has a sort of similar thing on their System Six. You know, I don't so clearly speed sniffer wasn't a term that had been patented by anyone else <laughs> or trademarked, I should say. So. Um, yeah, you know, it, it's a good idea. Optimizing the front end of a bike is the first thing that hits hits the oncoming airflow. It, it's a, it's a good idea, and I, you know, Ash was very complimentary about this bike. You know, generally, specialized tarmacs have always tested well at bike radar. They're very well regarded by some of our best testers, and I'm sure this one will be just as good. Interesting. Yes, it's um, the Venge comparison surprised me. I'll be honest. Like when we saw the bike at first, like it, there wasn't. There didn't appear to be much to talk about, truthfully, like if you compare it to the SL7, and that that's obviously being a bit reductive. There is a lot more that goes into it than just how a bike looks. But I, I also was surprised by the Venge comparison. One thing I did wonder, um, and we haven't really kind of dug into this, and I think I'm probably being a little too sceptical here, but one of the comparisons they make is to the Venge, and they say it's 16.6 seconds faster than the Venge at 45 kilometers an hour. Do you think that merely or... Um, purely reflects improvements in aerodynamic performance or do you think they've sort of taken into a wider system change thing and how bikes have changed am i being too skeptical simon mm, it's possible i mean we have you know obviously with certain brands do race simulations they have said that it's faster rather than they're saying it's air more aerodynamic so if they're considering a you know a given course for example i mean when you know when they launched the last version of the venge um uh, our former colleague ben delaney uh, rode the uh, Venge on a kind of test course in America, back to back with a with a tarmac, and then Specialized used McLaren uh, modeling software to basically you know, crunch the power numbers and crunch the kind of uh, telemetry data to to say that you know 
if we equalize the power, you were X seconds faster on the bench compared to the tarmac. And so it could be that Specialized is, is kind of modeling a, a certain course that has a climb and therefore the weight savings, you know, accrue in certain places. But yeah, I don't know. You know, I would also wonder if Specialized is is kind of equalizing things such as wheels as well, for example, because when mm. the Venge launched, the, the Rapid CLX wheel set was not available and they would have had the the Roval CLX 50s on or 60s on the... Um, on the Venge and the Rapide CLX or our CLX2 is, you know, supposedly a more aerodynamic wheel set. So it, you know, we have to remember that these comparisons, mm. you know, what we, what I would consider an apples to apples comparison as in like, you know, Tarmac SL8 frame set yep. with an identical spec to a Venge frame set is, you know, specialized would probably feel that an apples to apples comparison is the Venge with its spec from, you know, 2020, whenever the last version was released, compared to a Tarmac SL8 2023 spec with Roval Rapid CLX2 mm. wheels, Roval Rapid handlebar, you know, the, do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's yeah, so, yeah. but like, but that's a kind of a philosophical question, really, because, you know, can, is it is it is it unfair to deny the modern bike advantages which are available to it? Mm. And, and is it fair to give the older bike advantages that were it weren't available to it in in the kind of past? Like it, it kind of that's a, an open question, really. It's not there's not a right or wrong answer there. We've heard Simon's thoughtful opinions now, Jack. I want to hear your entirely subjective ones. Do you think the bike looks good? No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Specialized. I think the, um, the speed sniffer is it. It's mother might say it was good looking, but I think that's it. Maybe <laughs> the SL7. Maybe it's 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 um, sort of its uh, ancestor, the SL7, would say mm. it looks good. But I think um, uh, to a more objective observer, um, no. <laughs> I think it lo- I think it looks a lot better than I was worried it was going to yes. look when we saw the the kind of awkward phone pictures. That's why I asked such a leading question. We did originally see some leaked photos of the bike, which showed it with a traditional two piece cockpit, and it really uh, exaggerated the scale of that honking schnoz. Uh, <laughs> so I think it's it's a bit. I think you're being a tiny bit unfair. I think with the integrated front end, it's it's not quite as bad. But yes, it's it's a distinctive bike. Would be my my measured. Um, my measured opinion. What do you think, Jack? Would this tickle your pickle or would you be more of a Roubaix man or perhaps an Ethos guy? What would be your choice given what you said about the Endurace earlier? Yeah, I think I'd be more of, I think I'd lean more towards the Ethos. Um, yeah, I enjoy, I like climbing. I would like a light bike. Um, I'm never going to be the fastest on the flat. Um, I'm not very aero. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I'd enjoy something a bit more sprightly. But it interests me um, that... Uh, for specialised, um, the um, Tarmac SL8 has to be somewhat of an all-rounder. It's the only bike that World Tour teams, well, uh, that the World Tour teams they sponsor ride. Uh, so Sudal Quickstep uh, or SD Works, they're pretty much always, uh, perhaps maybe not not even always on the cobbles mm-hmm. um, on the Tarmac SL8. So it's got to it's got to suit riders like Demi Vollering, uh, Remco Avenapol, who are really good climbers, but also can kind of get away on their own. So I think some of those changes probably meet some of their demands. I mean, according to um, the specialised press material, the, the geometry is identical because the pro riders were very satisfied with the handling. Maybe the reduction in weight is is designed to satisfy some of their, yeah, really good climbers. Um, like uh, like Avenpool, um, we just heard today that Mikael Lander is is joining Sudal Quickstep as well. So maybe we'll see the revival of Mikael Lander on on the on the lighter tarmac SLA. Landissimo, and, yeah. <laughs> I'm hoping for. 
And um, yeah, on on the on the on the on the women's side, yeah, I mean, um, Lotta Kopecky, um, yeah, Demi Vollering, they're they're really increasingly um, Lotta Kopecky winning the World Championships in Glasgow on that quite hilly course. Um, yeah, that that it needs it needs to suit people who are trying trying to go up the Tourmalet, which Specialized says will be twenty seconds quicker up and down on the um, on the new frame. Mm. Um, that's not. The Tourmalet is quite a long climb and quite a long descent. So, I mean, I, I think selective that's, climbing choice, perhaps. Yeah, it, it shows. It shows it's it's a marginal improvement. So it's not as radical as perhaps we might have expected. Interesting stuff. As always, everything we've talked about is linked in the podcast description. And if you do have any questions, thoughts, queries, suggestions, please send those through to podcast at bikecreator.com. We do read them, and I always enjoy them, and I always make an effort to reply. So. I don't know. Send me some fan mail. I'll enjoy that. <laughs> <laughs> or Simon for that. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening to the Bike Creator Podcast and we'll speak to you again soon. Thanks for listening to the Bike Creator Podcast. If you've not done so already, please subscribe and share with your friends or leave us a rating if you've enjoyed this episode. 